0: Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe.
3: It's the most bulls**t thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia, on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Syracuse pumbles the Huskies, uh, cruising to a dominant 48-14 to victory for the first road game of the season. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you, of course, in fan feedback, but as always, first, let's hear what Coach had to say in Connecticut after the win.
2: And I know that's a good club. I know Coach Moore is gonna get, they're gonna be better, UConn's gonna be better, and they're gonna get back to where they were, and Coach Moore's a fantastic coach. I just didn't want to get caught, and I didn't want to get trapped, and uh, the kids listened. You know, they just didn't hear me talking, they listened and they went out and played a clean game. I look at the penalties from uh, last week compared to the penalties from this week, and that tells me that they were focused. And then uh, there's some tough catch out there. I mean, that, your guys' tailback's a fantastic runner. The offensive line, the UConn's offensive line was pushing us around and, and uh, it was an extremely physical game, but our guys, they didn't pack it in, they, they hit back. And uh, it was a it was a touch and go contest for a while, and then finally, luckily, we got away a little bit. I know this is a little bit longer, but you know that was. Uh, I'm interested to see what the training room is going to look like because I think it was an extremely physical game. Coach, you scored on your first
3: seven possessions.
2: Can you just talk about the efficiency of your offense? It sure didn't feel that way. We scored on the first seven, You're going to tell me you're sure, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, that's extremely efficient and uh, really excited about that and it just seemed like it was a game for a long period of time and we had to keep playing until a certain s- spot in the fourth quarter where we felt like we could put some other guys in there but uh, I thought it was a very competitive contest for the most part you know I thought that uh, Schrader does a nice job of, of picking and choosing his targets he's been extremely uh, accurate this year and and his throwing percentages have been extremely high. We, we, had, a, we had some drops uh, the first game, and I, I know that we had less drops this game, but for the most part, I think he's been good. And then, you know, anytime you have a quarterback with legs, UConn has a quarterback with legs. Anytime you have a quarterback with legs, every once in a while you may get those that sack that's minus 20 or minus 25 with them running around, but a whole bunch of times you get a third and six or a third and eight where everybody's covered. And you end up getting a first down just because the guy can run a little bit. And I think we saw that all day on TV if you were watching the games before we got here. Quarterbacks getting out of the pockets and getting first downs with their legs. I just think that that's where a lot of people are moving to now. We still like the traditional quarterbacks because we still have a traditional offense. But if a quarterback does have legs, you know, uh, it's always an advantage.
3: You held UConn to 202 total yards. And can you talk about just the defensive effort and then specifically Marlo
0: Wax's hit in the first
2: drive of the third quarter? To catch the game? Yeah, Marlo is Marlo's a really good player. You see him on the kickoff return? When he came in, he was like the second. His freshman year, we thought he was going to – we didn't know who was better out of him and Tucker. Now, he's gained a lot of weight since then to play linebacker, but he's a really amazing athlete. And uh, I was excited to see him on the kickoff return. I was disappointed that he didn't do more, but uh, he's a really, really good player. And we're lucky to have him.
3: Jackson, Jackson, and Pena all had over 40 receiving yards today. Do you feel like there's anyone in this receiving group who's starting to like distinguish themselves or stand out at all or is it still pretty even? I think it's
2: still pretty even and it's, it's all about the relationship with the quarterback. Whoever has the best relationship with the quarterback, those numbers will start to screw, not screw, skew one way or another, but uh, it has to do with who he likes. You know, we can call plays and stuff, but if he starts getting that okey-doke type feeling with one that really get a feeling for him, that's the guy that's going to take off. Okay, There's so you guys are shaking your head. Three
3: field goals and ten Has he missed?
2: No. See, I'm just – he's gone back to his old way of training, his old way of doing everything back to his freshman year. And I told Andre, I said, you got to get back to what got you here. You're – you know, get back to what got you here. And he's gone all the way back to the roots. And uh, I just like everything about him right now. I think he's going to have an amazing year. Sack seconds in the fumble uh, mm-hmm. recovery play. Really was just a great call by Coach White. It just, it was a good, good blitz, and I
3: seen it open. I just went for it and made the play. I wish it would have been a touchdown, but it's all good. We got a W. Is there anyone that you find yourself gravitating towards in the receiving core?
0: Uh, I mean, Courtney Jackson's one. Devon Cooper, Trevor, uh, bringing those outside guys along. Um, you know, I got a lot of faith in Damian and trust in Damian. And um, you know, especially Zay too coming on this year, uh, his his role is starting to grow. So. We got a lot of tr- those. Are, those are my main guys that we got right now, and uh, we got a, we got another uh, group, little pod behind them that, that can just in and play too. All
3: right, Joe. So, um, we're off the top. Not a ton in there, which is why I added the players in at the end because it ties right. a couple of things together that coach talked about. So. Uh, As Coach mentioned, you know, there was a lot of upsets this weekend heading into the primetime game. We all watched what Marshall did to Notre Dame and, uh, you know. uh, So, you know, the guys are watching this and and anything can happen. And you got to prepare yourself and not let that kind of stuff get in your head. And um, they went out there and executed. Uh, pretty physical game, I agree with Coach, um, and we got out of there seemingly without any injuries that, that I've heard of or know of, so that's a plus. But there were some yep. hard hits, there were some hard hitting, and it was a physical game. Uh, like Coach mentioned, UConn was a little bit more prepared for Schrader, I think, um, in some aspects than even Louisville was. Schrader so, uh, or Tucker? Both. <laughs>
0: Well, definitely Tucker. You can tell that was their game plan, right? Yes.
3: Well, Um, I mean, you look at – well, we'll get into it. But, yeah, I would say both.
0: Yeah. And and just to add on to a couple more, Appalachian State beat um, Texas A&M, who's number six in the country, after they probably should have beat North Carolina last week as well. And, um, yeah, there was – it's definitely some really close games. Um, You know, West Virginia lost to Kansas, and Kansas is usually bottom of the barrel, Power Five. And you see some Power Five teams struggling with – double d1 double a Alabama,
3: like Alabama Alabama struggled. almost
0: lost to Texas right yeah so um it's a new season new season uh teams aren't the same they were last year and I mean it's the truth for us and it's obviously the truth for other people as well so
3: yeah um uh, really good uh really good football all around yesterday if uh if you weren't watching you yeah, missed it uh so uh with that said um, scoring on the first seven drives for Syracuse. And, I mean, dude, that, that was wild, okay? And uh, all five of the first half possessions resulted in points. So he had, uh, for the first half, he had a touchdown, a field goal, a touchdown, a field goal, and a touchdown to, to end the <coughs> half. And then they scored two touchdowns in the first two possessions. And only one punt the entire time that Schrader was on the field, so
0: yeah, I was going to say they ended up with two, but I believe that we've only punted five times in two games, which uh, is just out of out of the ordinary. I think we had our first three and out. I think somewhere in the second half uh, yesterday. Um, so we're yes, just playing
3: that was super, not under Schrader
0: though, but yes, super efficient, right? Just super efficient, uh, putting up points and also. Um, you know, run the clock too. You, know, you see, we run. We run down the clock too. We take a lot of time on some of these. You know, some of these drives, and we did it to Louisville. And, and I mean, you got to give credit for UConn too, because UConn didn't allow a lot of big running plays like that. Um, but I mean, those those possessions and those scores where you're going the length of the field and you know a nine to fifteen play drive. Uh, you know, it's it's killing. It's taking a, a third. of of the quarter. up, So it all works out, helps the defense. So this is a very 79 points in two games against D one schools. I'll take it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And just the ability to sustain drives and you thought maybe at least I did in the beginning of the game, as it were going up 17 points to start. Right. And thinking, man, we just killed the clock on them. for the first few possessions. Like, no way they're going to be able to hang. This defense is going to be able to hang. but And they did. I mean, at the end of the day, they really didn't. But they did give Schrader some fits. Uh, He ended up going 20 for 23. Super efficient again. 287 yards. A career high for him. Um, Efficient. Calculated. He only had 24 yards rushing. Two TDs. Obviously, some goal line stuff there. Um, And it's... It's not so much what he does sometimes as what he's capable of, as far as Schrader's legs go. So
0: uh, they—that's what it is.
3: Yeah, I mean it, it, they did a good job with him, but you know you can't contain everything. We talked about that in uh, sometime last week after the Louisville game, or for the for the preview for UConn about if Schrader's going to be this much more improved throwing the ball, that, that you, you, you can't game plan for everything. There's no way that you can, you can do everything. Somewhere, somehow, they're going to get over on you between what Tucker can do and what Schrader can do. And they contained for the most part, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, Tucker, um, Tucker did his thing a little bit, but Schrader with the arm, uh, responsible for five touchdowns, just a tremendous game.
0: So. I mean, that's and that's what it is. I think that we saw the de- the difference is that you can come in and you saw a team. Yukon They were physical and they knew they were they were like, we're going to make a pass. I mean, I know he got away with some runs and so did Tucker, but nothing too, too crazy. Um, but they forced him to pass and beat them with the pass. And um, he did. Unlike some times last year when we needed him to um, and he came up short. In this type of situation, he's starting to prove that that he can. Yeah. So Sean Tucker had a long run of thirteen and Garrett Schrader had a long of twelve and he only had twenty four yards. So but you saw it when they went to zone, Garrett Schrader stayed in the pocket and found the guy in the open hole, right? And then when they went to man, that was when you saw Demarcus Adams and, and Damian Alford just beat guys deep and he threw great balls there where big guys went up and, and they caught, you know, they caught the ball for touchdown. So um you, we're, we're not just one-dimensional this year so far,
3: and, and that's, mean, I, that's the thing. I, I didn't see. I, I mean, could be wrong. There was a couple short passes to start the game. One I uh, specifically remember to Tucker, uh, yep. but I didn't. I don't remember any drops. I'm not saying there there weren't any, but I don't remember any. So I was only I only, I only counted three last game. But um, when it when it comes down to it,
0: no, oh, he only had three incompletions. All right.
3: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Well, coach is like you know. I think there was less drop. So I th- I don't know if there were. Yeah, there was less. That's true.
0: Uh, I mean, he had but, more. Yeah, there was more drops th- last game than he had incompletions this game.
3: Yes. Yeah. Basically.
0: So, I mean, and again, like we can see here, we we can do play the speculation game of if, if he was injured last year, right? But. Um, one way or another, as long as he stays the way that he is, right? Now. I mean, he looks just calm in the pocket. Uh, the offensive line looks looked a lot better. Um, not not as many penalties whatsoever. And Schrader is staying in the pocket a little bit longer and giving his chance his guys chances to uh, to get open. And a lot of them are getting open, and you can just tell that they're spreading it around. And you know, we had a, a game plan against Louisville, and UConn came in and basically was like, "We're going to play." our game plan to stop whatever they just did to Louisville. And then we just started doing different things that worked against them that we didn't need to do against Louisville. And it worked.
3: Yep. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we're going in order here, the montage. So we'll hit back up on, on trader one more time, but Marlo yeah. wax, uh, becoming oh, a special God. player. This kid come in. We didn't know if he was going to play running black, running back. If he was going to play, um, uh, uh Linebacker, we had no idea, right? A dude walks yeah. up, he's playing linebacker, <laughs> okay? Um, 21-yard kick return. Uh, he had two tackles, so he led the team in tackles against Louisville with 10. Uh, right. Two tackles last night, but one, a sack, forced fumble. Uh, the awareness to pick the thing up if his knee was an inch higher than it was when he picked Man. the damn thing up, it had been a, scoop, a sack, scoop, and score. I mean... As close as that was, it doesn't take away from the fact of how how brilliant that defensive play was for a guy we didn't know if he was going to be playing running back at one point coming in to play for Syracuse. So um, just just awesome for for Wax and um, just going to be someone, just going to be a special player. And it just is a, it's a testament to how this team is going to grow on defense. It's just all of these guys – um, stepping up, and you know, I mean, just real quick, the special teams, just in general, Michael Jones with the special tr- teams robbery of uh, Deshaun Harrison, who, yeah. who just like got a freaking ball, the straight pick pocketed from him and take it to the house by Michael Jones, doing those things, and just the special teams in general, just I mean, uh, amazing, amazing. So many different guys seem to be stepping up this year in different situations, and it's just brilliant to see i mean even mcdonald i mean he had he had um a tackle for loss and i think he had four all together if i'm not mistaken so uh coming in for thompson here and yeah. there and i saw and dude i saw i saw um malcolm folk too folk. yeah yep.
0: he got so, a tackle in the game when he was in there yeah so when you once you saw carlos del rio wilson and all those guys come in um it was nice to see it was nice to see because we haven't had a game to be like able to that. do that yeah you know, especially, I mean, in the last however many years, right? Since Dungy, I mean, unless we're playing our D1AA opponent, we haven't had a game where we can just have our our backups come in and just do stuff like that. And um, yeah, as far as Marlowe Wax goes, I mean, I remember when we, you know, talk, and it, this is the thing, you know, it's – I know you don't like talking about recruiting, you know, when we go through and we do the recruits, and oh, let's see what happens when they get here and da-da-da-da. But you have to admit that – it's pretty fun when we talk about the recruits and what some, you know, recruits and coaches and, and all that stuff have to say about the guy. And then when he actually two or three years later ends up turning into a star on the team and you can remember talking about Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's fun. Right? Yeah, and it I is think, fun. I mean, we, we got we to remem- talk
3: to Malcolm Folk on the on the show. And, right. So.
0: And, it, and I remember talking about Marlowe Wax and talking about I, I thought his name was I loved his name. I thought great football name. And on top of that, you know, you hear the coordinators, you know, in in the preseason talking about they're fighting over which, you know, which side of the ball they want him to play. And I think this game is probably, I mean, probably the game of his career that has showed us why that was, you know, with the kick return and with him picking and scooping and scoring you saw the speed you saw I mean the last two three years he's been gaining weight to be a linebacker you know he wouldn't be like his size if he was a running back but you can still see the running back ability so I see why they did it and I mean he is quickly turning into one of my favorite players on the team
3: yeah absolutely and another one too that we talked about because he's a he's a beach boy I love the beach boys and they um if they can play for my college team, it makes it that much more special. So Anwar Sparrow, dude, he had one of the biggest pops of the game. Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, yep. dude, straight out of Virginia Beach. Uh, I think he went to Salem High School. But he, um, this isn't a guy that, whose name I heard until recruiting. So uh, just a, kind of a, a surprise for, for me when uh, I saw that he was being recruited by Syracuse. But awesome. Awesome for those young guys. Uh, true freshmen, right?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, um, no,
0: whoa. Anwar Sparrow? Yeah. No, no, no. He's, he's red been shirt? around for a couple years. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, this doesn't feel like it was that long ago when we talked about him, to be honest with you. No, that's it's just... not. I
0: mean, I think he's either a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore. So, I mean, he's still got two, three more years to go. So,
3: um, anyways, uh, a, a, a huge hit laid by him, and he got the Virginia Beach shout out on, um, c b and s n so really cool, yep. um, and we hit on trader stats, but nine different receivers by the time he was he was pulled at the beginning of the fourth quarter um he just not discriminating on the field he's he's just going through his pro- progressions, he's finding the open guy um i don't um i don't know you know i even with Dungy if he was ever that efficient, right. I mean, it's been, it's been quite some time is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I know it's UConn, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I understand that. But it was calculated, man. I mean, I keep saying that word because that's just how I felt that that game was last night. There was never a doubt. Everybody was calm. There were some moments where you thought, you know, that um, they're, uh, they're running back. Was it Carter? Yeah. You know, there was a few times where I'm like, "Man, can they? What is going on?" They're, they're, that first touchdown drive that they scored, I was like, "What is going on?" They never, they never faltered, and, and they just, they just stuck to the game plan and executed. Just on both sides of the ball, It was brilliant. So,
0: yeah, uh, that, again, that goes to coaching. I think it's a situation where after the last, after the, the first two games, uh, you can see that Anian Beck, they come up with an, and coach Babers, they come up with a game plan, and you know they stick to it. But they got a good, a good plan. And it works, and you see the special teams play. I mean, you don't have to see as much special teams because we're not punting as much. But either way, Schmidt hasn't missed a kick yet, whether it be field goal or PAT, as what Coach alluded to. Uh, this uh, Von Marburg looks like he's about—he's going to average somewhere between a forty-two and forty-five yards.
3: Maybe hopefully by the end of the year.
0: Yeah. So um, and yeah, I mean, you can just tell that we have coaches that know a little bit better at what they're doing or, or they're more confident. In, and it just looks – you can just tell. You can just tell because it comes off on the field, off of the players. Because like you said, the players feel more confident in everything. So when coaches know what they're doing and they're confident and they can put their players into a position, a better position to win, then those players are going to naturally just exude more confidence and, and most of the time play better because of that. So, And it's and just it the one thing to me that just – yeah, it shows. It pops to me.
3: It's discipline, and you can see it. And speaking of discipline, far less penalties on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Gotta, gotta imagine some of that was nerves, and that's kind of what I chalked it up to. wasn't It's still un, unacceptable, but mm-hmm. uh, I kind of chalked it up to to um, to nerves a little bit. So. so,
0: I guess they were saying, like you said, there there was some claims that there were some Louisville guys down there in the defensive line. Talking a little bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more thing on Trader, real quick. He was asked, and I put it in there because the coach was asked, and he kind of deferred to Schrader. So when the when the when the student sat down, he was asked. And he was asked who's his favorite receiver. Well, he names five of them. <laughs> so, so it just it's just that's awesome. Because yep. they all they all and he, he mentioned uh, uh Isaiah Jones, too, who's you know, he caught one he got he one caught pass. a big pass yeah he did, but it just goes to show that the um the work that was put in in the off season to to get garrett Schrader where he is now in the familiarity that he got to have with these receivers during his during this off season being the number one quarterback coming into this year was huge for him and You know, sometimes it takes a year, especially when you're coming in and not knowing what your what your future is uh, like it was last year. So just excellent. I mean, the guys got you, you know, we worried so much about wide receivers. It was like one of the unknowns besides kind of the offensive line stuff again. Yeah. And. We wondered, well, what's the receiving core going to be like? And is anybody going to step up? Well, they're all stepping up, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I
0: mean? Well, and, yeah, and to me, like I said again, I'm just going to go back to the coaching because when you look at it, it's like, okay, we're returning four out of our five offensive linemen. And service, you know, he had some games, some good games. He was definitely experienced, and he definitely could go all over the line. But we also had guys, young guys, true freshmen, that came in last year and held their own. So and we knew that we had – a little bit of depth there and a lot of returning experience. And then you add in the fact that we had just replaced our offensive line coach last year. Right. So th- to me, it was a shoe in that our, that our, that our offensive line was going to get better, especially with Bergeron being an NFL prospect. And then we go and we get a new receivers coach, we actually get a quarterback coach. And then on top of that, an offensive coordinator, like they were going to fix that. They were going to fix the receiving core and they were going to coach and teach them up better. And then I think it also goes to, Garrett Schrader is being just a leader because he knew that it was going to yeah, be his team. Huge. He knew it was going to be his room, and I think that him and the receivers worked their butts off this offseason to get on the same page and to work on that passing game because they know how much that passing game hamstrung them last year.
3: And, and, and just uh, just um, knowing what's on the line and, and how much everybody, when we talk about Schrader and all of his receivers, how much they have to prove to everybody, and um, they're proving it. And they're and they're doing a freaking awesome job. You mentioned Schmidt, uh, just real quick. Coach did mention, you know, look, this is a guy who who like basically was about to quit the program, and then somehow some way, I think probably with the coach cha- coaching changes and things, not having a special teams coach and all this stuff, I think um, he was re recruited to come back and play. I don't no. know. I don't know where his head was. Kind of making that decision, or, or what what the deal was last year, as far as that goes. But it doesn't matter. Coach mentioned he's getting back into his routine, his old school way of back, you know, when he was a freshman and um, being able to just just dunk field goals and extra points like n- nobody's business. So uh, good to see. Obviously, we need a guy like Schmidt. Um, it was it was a little um, tough last year. There was some really difficult. To watch special teams play, I'm just going to blanket it at, at, at that.
0: Yeah, we don't uh, need to get into year. specifics.
3: Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's good to see all of that on the mend. I mean, awesome, just awesome, Joe. Any final thoughts on the game before we hear from the, uh, the, uh, the crowd? A couple
0: final thoughts. Again, I think it goes a little bit back to um, some of the being able to see some of the young guys. Um, I I liked what I saw from Carlos Del Rio Wilson. Yeah, not um, bad. I don't think that this is a situation where. Like normal, where we don't have that backup to come in, uh, I don't think he's going to push Schrader this year. But I'm, for some reason, just not really afraid if he has to come in to save the day. Uh, I think he made some some good calls. He made some good throws. C.J. Hayes dropped that one right through his hands um, when D- Del Rio Wilson came in. That uh, probably would mean that would have been a really really big play. I uh, saw Dan Valari the quarterback that came over from Michigan that changed over to receiver slash tight end, and uh, he caught a 22-yarder when Del Rio Wilson was in there.
3: It was the only um, catch, yeah. It was his only completion, I think.
0: Yeah, but it's just, like you said, all around. I mean, like just the passing game, to see how efficient he, he is, Schrader is, and to see a team try so hard to take away the running game, and for, I mean, you look down the line, like Devon Cooper had big catches. Courtney Jackson, Pena, Gatson had big catches for first downs. And then you look at, well, oh, Damian Alford. Oh, he only caught one catch, 47-yard touchdown. DeMarcus Adams, he only caught one catch, 39-yard touchdown, right? Isaiah Jones only had one catch. It was a third and 20-something, and he caught a ball for a first down to keep a drive going, in which I think they scored. So yeah. it's Not like any of these guys are killing it and getting 100 yards and getting a bunch of targets, but it's being spread out well. They're making clutch catches when they need to. The drops got better from last uh, week. And um, 10 for 10 this year in the red zone. That's excellent. Yeah. So that's just our offensive efficiency is just through the roof right now. Um, We only scored over 40 points six times since 2019. So... It's nice to see, and I, and I think that it might happen a couple more times this year. All
3: right. It's time to hear from you. It's time
1: to hear from you. The loud mouths from the Loud House.
3: All right. You guys know what to do. At the end of every game, you uh, go to the socials, and I will ask you for your thoughts on said game. And you leave them. I was a little <laughs> bit late last night doing it because I had forgot. So it was only a couple minutes, but it took a minute for for it to uh, start accumulating some responses. So uh, we will start. Hold on a second here. Let's see. All right. Let's go ahead and start with the Twitter. And let's take, um, why not? At Oil Cuse, Pass passing attack was way better than last year. So, Sean and Joe and Tyler, I remember y'all laughing at an easy buy-seller hold for Qs to reach 3,500 passing yards this year. You only need to average 270 a game in a 13-game year to hit that number. What do you think now? So, we're going to revisit a buy-seller hold. And uh, look, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's possible, I suppose, at this point. So... Wouldn't it be nice if we were all left with egg on our face, Joe? But, but, yeah, right. But I would still hold Pat, our buddy, because um, we got some tough games coming up, and and this the schedule doesn't get much easier. And I just feel like I would keep my powder dry on that, right? Passing attack is way better, no doubt. I buy that all day.
0: Yeah, but it's not like. It's better because of how impressive their offense, their run, rushing game is, right? I mean, we we had a chance; we were right there last year to get to a bowl game. Five and seven, I mean, to have that rushing attack, but your passing attack be so putrid that you can't even get to a bowl game. I know we had a hard schedule, ACC, whatever, but um, the running game's still there. It's not going to be a situation where they're just going to start airing it out. Um, it's they're gonna they're gonna pass their way into defenses, not putting eight in the box to stop Tucker. And so it's going to be a chess game back and forth. And I see, I see Schrader living between two, two fifty and 300 yards a game pretty much all year because they're going to run the ball 30, 40 times a game easily between Schrader and Tucker.
3: Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, at baptized by fire seven, I didn't have the game on TV in my area, so this is just off listening to the radio. As much as the offense looked good, I'm a little concerned about our run D. Unless this kid from UConn is a real deal, we are going to see better O-lines and running backs in the future. But static we won. I mean, he seems like he's a decent running back. So, But he only had, I mean, he ripped one for 14 yards. He only, he only totaled 17 yards. Or 71 yards. It was, it was a... Um, it was one series where he really was just kind of pounding it, and um, Syracuse was was taking it. So I'm not going to let that bother me at all. And maybe it's from listening to it on the radio because it's probably it's a little bit more frustrating to listen to a game on the radio. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're not really watching, seeing what the hell is going on, and you're anticipating what what is going to how the play is going to end instead of being able to watch it. But I will say. This in that um, I can't watch this Raiders game right now. I can tell you that much. Um, I'll say this. Um,
0: difference between radio eventually.
3: and TV <laughs> eventually. Uh, difference between radio and TV, but no, oh, I was going to say the I didn't realize so many people were having trouble getting the game. If I, if I would have known that, uh, I would have probably streamed it. But, and that's my fault. But usually people will kind of give me a heads up on that that they're not going to be able to get the game. Can we stream it? And then, you know, I'll kind of I'll ask some people that we know from Twitter and stuff if it's an issue, and uh, we'll stream it. So, but no one said anything, so we didn't. But I did I did see a couple people having issues, but takes a minute to set up. So when I see it, you know, halfway through the game already, I'm just like, ah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going there. At, if not, now when? 84. Defense got sloppy, but made up for it. Schrader equals Josh Allen. Dude is a beast. Throwing is so much better. T- Tucker silently got greater than 100 yards. I love the spread between receivers. Go Cuse. Um, I would hold. I would hold on the Josh Allen reference. I like it. I like it, but, <laughs> I, but I would hold. Um, But Trader has a lot going on, and he has a lot of good things going on. And uh, he's a problem, without a doubt. He's a problem because of his size and now because if he seemingly can throw the ball with accuracy and um, decision-making has been pretty damn good so far. And just dropping, he dropped a couple right in the basket, man, last night. And and they were not, I wouldn't say, well, they were pretty well, the defense was good. I thought defense was good. He put it where only his receiver could get it. And it doesn't matter who you're playing if you can do that and drop it in there and your receiver can catch it. It's just one of those things that is you either got it or you don't. And he did it more than once. So, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing if you can do that. And uh, you couple that with his running ability and and his determination and his power, I mean, it's a problem.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, we knew that he had the physical attributes, right, last year. I think the only question was the arm, right, the accuracy of the arm, you know, his, his the throw and what it looked like, right, and all his techniques and, you know, just whatever. Um, but this year, too, I feel like you can see that he's actually – he looks like he's starting to pick it up more mentally as well. He's making the right plays. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. He knows how to read these defenses and know what's going to be open and available, like you said – going down his progressions and looking at, at all the receivers, um, whether it was zone or man, he was doing great, you know, and it's easy to talk about offense, um, and everything like that. And I know we've been all pretty much offense all over the place, uh, so far, but yeah, I mean, when you're watching the game, you don't really think that it's going to be cause it was kind of, you know, slow a little bit, you know, I mean, I know that we played it and everything. I mean, we, we were winning and we were scoring and, but, um, there wasn't a lot of huge plays, especially early, right? So You take away a couple pass plays and stuff. It was a lot of running and you know, UConn running, having a bunch of tight ends and looked like 10 guys on the line trying to block for, to run the ball and everything. But, um, you know, I, like what he said, I mean, Sean Tucker, I didn't know he had 100 yards. And all of a sudden they flashed it on the screen and I was like, what the? He's only – I mean, he broke like one double-digit run, I didn't think. But when you start adding them all up, he was – pushing forward for three four or five yards right it was just then,
3: consistency man it's just over <laughs> and over and over and over again
0: right but then when i was watching uconn it felt like the other running back had a lot more yards than he did right use like right. second second in the, the country or something like that in rushing i didn't know that we held them under 100 yards we held their whole team overall under hundred yards, yeah so i mean that's they're i think 15th in the country as far as rushing offense um and, and our defense did that, you know. Uh, we had one bad play, I think. I mean, to me, it looks like, you know, if you give up, you know, we did it to Louisville. We gave up the one run for a touchdown, gave up a 28-yard three, touchdown.
3: Three touchdowns that were scored have been scored against us have all been long plays. There's never been, like, a goal line situation or, or just, you know, like a hop, skip, and a jump into the end zone or anything like that. They've all been breakout plays.
0: Right, yeah. And two of them have been the runs. And then yesterday, I mean, I think that – if Barron just runs and attacks his outside shoulder and doesn't let him get outside, then I think that that screenplay goes for none, but I mean you're looking at a teams that that team didn't have they couldn't throw it down the field they had to run it or do little screens and stuff like that so um the only thing you know gives our defense a little bit to look for to look at um some tape so that we can uh fix it. you know fix fix that up because we don't need you know more you know, competent and competitive teams knowing how to, to beat us or being able to use those wide receiver screens to create big plays if and, we're going to be over-aggressive.
3: And at the end of the day, to just piggyback on what uh, Dominic said about, you know, questioning the run, D, I mean, Syracuse h- held them, what, to a, a 202 yards for the whole game or something like that? Or was it, was it even below 200?
0: But no, yeah, it was two hundred and two. Okay, total so, yards.
3: All right, so it was um, you know just over two hundred yards for the entire game, we for the whole team. I mean, that's that's just that's just phenomenal. I mean, this is Division One football. I don't care who you're playing. That's a, that's a phenomenal thing. And I don't know no, yeah. what that one drive was, but I mean, almost almost a third of it, if not more, was on the one first uh, scoring drive that UConn had. So when I got to touch up, uh, at Cuse Waterboy, did trader Tucker become the most dangerous QB running back combo in college football? The streets say yes. Amazing. 27 carries for 112 yards in a TD is pedestrian by Tucker's standards and the defense mind blown. Uh, let's pack the dome next Saturday and make it a horror show for Purdue. Yes, absolutely. Uh, can't wait to see if we can get 40 plus in there for the Purdue game. If you're not excited now, then I don't know what will get you there. Uh, At Drew Cuse, I'm enjoying this one. Still proceeding with cautious optimism. Purdue is in the Dome next week. Should be a good test. Let's go. Absolutely. And I don't want to speak too much on on Purdue because that'll be later this week. But um, it's exciting to be able to go into a game that you know could be difficult, but you still feel like you have a chance. So you're saying there's a chance, you know, because of just the way that you've been playing instead of going in there with a negative ass attitude uh, and because you've been beat up so many times and you're just tired of losing. (laughs) But anything can happen now. So, I mean, look, Notre Dame, all of a sudden, Notre Dame does not scare me at all. You?
0: Uh, no, nah, I mean it's, no, still, it Notre, not, it's still Notre. It's still I know, bro, but they don't but, scare I mean, me, bro.
3: I, I'm talking about being scared. I'm talking about being scared. I mean, Clemson I just, still scares I me mean, a little bit.
0: If we play like this, you know, boring injury with the, the the trajectory of of how it's looked and how I can, you know, obviously the longer you play and the longer you get into the season, you start knowing who can do what so it gets a little bit easier to you know put in your personnel and call the plays I mean um traditionally barring injury you get better as the season goes on and um Notre Dame's own two you know, Ohio State was was you know it was Ohio State so I didn't really think about it but Marshall I mean does Marshall beat Louisville I mean I don't know you know so I think, you know, we still got a bunch of weeks before we play Notre Dame. So as far as being afraid of them, I'll hold because it's still Notre Dame. They've still been recruiting at a very high level. A guy's still got Brian Kelly's guys. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot more that we're going to know when it comes down to the week that we play Notre Dame. But do they look as scary as number five in the beginning of the season right in the middle of, you know, a crazy uh, schedule? No.
3: And in, in does is is Buckner injured? I mean, he looked that looked like a clavicle to me. I don't know if uh, anyone if anyone's heard mm. um, anything on that, but it looked like collarbone.
0: Now uh, you're going to have to talk to the doctors. <laughs> OK,
3: there are none. Uh, Michael, <laughs> on the Facebook, massive improvement on the penalties. Absolutely, Michael. I totally agree. Good to see coach rest in players early in the fourth quarter. Yes, we talked about that. We said fourth quarter, Joe, by the way, um, just for the record. And our scores were extremely close. Extremely close. Again. Well, we weren't extremely close last week, but uh, we were extremely close this week. A bunch of us were. Uh, Also, that defense swarms like honeybee colonies. So he presents this to us here. Uh, Buy, sell, or hold. Q sneaks into the top 25 if they beat Purdue by more than one score. Now, I have gone to Twitter with this and I'll pull it up as a poll. I think it's probably over. I only set it for 5 hours to make sure we could get it all in before the show this afternoon. So, 65 votes. I will let you take it, Joe, and then I'll use your information to conjugate a uh, answer for myself maybe. So, go ahead.
0: So, this is buy seller hold. Buy seller
3: hold. Syracuse will sneak into the top twenty-five if they beat Purdue by more than one score. So you gotta be, you gotta be nine or more.
0: I'm gonna sell. Okay, I would. I'm I'm selling based upon the, the just the fact of I mean the respect that is shown to Syracuse. Um, that's that's just it.
3: I would have I would have to agree. I I don't know if that's going to move the needle enough to sneak in the top 25, Uh, you'd like to think so. But maybe if you do that and then you knock off the next two and then there's a week off and you see what else happens and going into the NC State game, it would be interesting to see what it would be then.
0: That's what it's going to be. Right. Yeah, They would do that to sell the tickets. Isn't that what they did one year for Clemson? Or it was somebody –
3: but it's a situation
0: remember. where I'd, guarantee, I'd be willing to bet that unless – until we're 5-0 and or enough teams got to lose, like – I mean, if we end up being 5-0, and I could see a situation where on the – after the bye week, during the bye week, they move us up because we're playing NC State, make it a primetime game, call it a day.
3: Just, yeah, have an ACC, you know, freaking battle of the – yeah, money, 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 money. Yeah,
0: have just something eight- about having numbers next to a name when someone's surfing through the channel gets them to stop. Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, So, uh, like I said, this was a poll on Twitter. And uh, 66% bought with a 23% hold and only 11% sell. So, I thought that was interesting. I love those guys, by the way. If you give me some decent buy, sell, or holds to do during fan feedback, man, that's really, that's paying attention right there. That's doing it right. That's doing it right.
0: Doing it right.
3: Okay? By the way... Uh, Okay, I'll get to the. by the way, maybe later. Our boy Zach on Facebook, uh, he is a a top fan. I was looking for my, here we go, there we go, top fan. Yes, yes, thank him, thank him, thank Zach. Everyone is going to say the obvious things about the game, and I can't believe. I read this, and I said, oh, someone else, this is going to be all over the place. Zach thinks he's the only one bringing this up. But I never saw it, other than Zach. Therefore, I will say that if I never, ever, ever have to hear those announcers for a game again, I will be one happy fan. But let me tell you, that Chris Tucker sure can run. So, <laughs> <laughs> so look, they started rough. I don't think they finished bad, though. Just, just be honest. To just be honest, they did call Sean Tucker, Chris Tucker, the one dude, the field reporter did at the yeah. beginning of the game, which was hilarious. And, uh, you know, those moments are based on, look, these are inexperienced people. And they're, you know, finally got the spotlight on them. And it's kind of a big game because, I mean, Syracuse is making some noise. And, you know, it's nerves, I think, a little bit. I thought girl I don't know who the girl is. I thought she cleaned up later on and did actually a pretty good job. But a lot of it was so goofy, man. And it was tough. It was tough, Joe. I don't know. I know your situation last night, so I don't know if you if you got to hear it, but no, you didn't.
0: No, oh, no. I my I, gosh. I, got to hear, I got to hear the second half. Um, the second half. First half, I was watching it with about ten children popping balloons around me. So, oh, that's you know, it was more or less. I I couldn't hear nothing. I was just watching it.
3: Basically. I'd rather I'd rather take a beating behind a Walmart.
0: Well, have to depends it. on what Walmart. <laughs> um,
3: anyway, they were terrible, but they did get better as time went on. But it was some awkward moments there, and Zach is 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 exactly right. I, I could I could go with not listening to that duo again, myself.
0: And well, the so who was it? I don't have any idea. I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, I think that the the female there was. Uh, She's a she's basketball normally, player. She's normally a, she's a basketball player that I think normally called basketball. So, so she did a good
3: have, job, don't you think? Under those circumstances, I thought it was decent. That's that's why I gave her a, a handicap on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was a couple things. I mean, she called it the court a couple times, and, you know, but <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it's, you know, and I think the other guy was an ex-football player. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Whenever, whenever they play on, like, I don't want to say goofy, but like CBS Sports, whatever. The, I always expect just two randos that have no idea who our team is. So,
3: yeah, it's, it's par, like for, the, par for
0: the course for Syracuse on CBS Sports Network. Yeah,
3: Mike on Facebook, surprised how much Yukon D was able to get to Schrader. They did their homework, I suppose. <laughs> Luckily, the pass, the pass is a solid threat this year. Glad Tucker got over a hundred. I was hoping for one fifty plus. Excited for the noon kickoff in the dome next week. Let's show up and be loud. Yeah, I mean they did they you know, they got the Schrader a couple of times. I think he was sacked twice, if I remember right. And um Yeah, was, yep. they they did a they did a decent job. Um and that's what I alluded to before. Don. On Facebook, Schrader's accuracy is impressive this year on all of his throws, especially the deep balls. M- much improved on the offensive line, giving them time to go through his progressions. Absolutely. Here's another thing too: not only accurate, but tight. And those balls aren't wobbling around, coming out looking like ducks or anything like that. They are coming no. out there nice. You know, yep. he, he had a couple of low ones early. He got settled in, and then from there it was just that was it, and he 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 handled it, and just just a just a nice. A nice throw. I don't know what else to say. Well was a nice throw. Anthony on Facebook. Confidence, command, accuracy. What an absolute difference in Trader. Tucker is picking up where he left off last season, and the D is fantastic. Oh, like Bill said, Bill said below, which I'll read next. This is the most optimistic I've been about Syracuse football in a long time. Let's keep it going. So Bill, also put in here. I'm getting ready for bed, so I'll keep it simple. It's funny he says that because he leaves the longest comment. Out of, <laughs> out, of, out of all the ones I've went through, this is the longest one. Uh, I'm the most optimistic about this program than I've been in a long time, and I'm an eternal optimist about Syracuse football. I can't comment enough about Trader's improvement in commanding the offense, spreading the ball around in his accuracy and efficiency. He's keeping defense as honest as they have to respect the pass and now, thus giving our Heisman candidate, Mr. Tucker, more room to operate. Just a different team and feel that um feel oh, just a different team and feel than we have seen in a while. Let's keep it going, gentlemen. Yes. I mean, that's well said. Bill, thank you. Oh,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I'm gonna see if you weren't going to bed, what would you have wrote?
3: (laughs) Yeah, holy cow. A chapter? uh,
0: That's like one of those um what is it? Uh well to make a long story short to make a long story short, probably already yeah. told half the story right yeah. so if it was short you'd already been done but now i got to preface this right in the middle because i'm going to tell you the rest of it um it, it, i mean it was but it's a great comment and he's absolutely right um there's a lot of people that should be excited and you know some people that just aren't into it as much um they need them to win like we said to put butts in the seats and to look good put a good product on the field for them to be excited about it or even want to watch it. Um, You know, we do this podcast and, you know, we're diehard. We're going to watch it anyway. Right. Right. We watched it through the one and 11. We watched it through the Greg Robinson's. I mean, and that's probably the way it's going to be until, you know, the day we die. But at the end of the day, this type of game, there these type of seasons and the the games that we've played the first two is just, it, it gets me more excited because I know how much more excited other people are going to be. I know that the casual fan's probably gonna go to purdue next week.
3: the cynical um, ones, the cynical ones, and I'm a dude guys, before I did this podcast where I had to actually be a little bit more objective and think about what comes out of my mouth, uh I was that fan I was that cynical fan that was just a jerk, right. So I, I brought you back. I brought you I had, back. You, well, you know, I can't get you, you can't get behind a microphone and just start spewing a bunch of crap. <laughs> but you you know um, you know there's some old Facebook posts and things like that from back in the day. I think Ryan Nassib quarterback comments and things like that. But uh, you know, I'm a little bit more objective and I'm careful with what I with with. How I frame things. And I think yeah. that those those fans, it takes a lot for a fan like that to be in the dome and, and talking good and not just being cynical because we're so used to look, I grew up in the Donovan McNabb era and in before that, you know? So it's like yeah. that's that was my childhood. Like Syracuse was decent all the time.
0: They were they were, and it was exciting. Yes, right? and yeah. They, had, they put a product in the field that you could be proud of. You were going to
3: yeah.
0: to bowl games almost every single year, um, Don up McPherson until like two thousand two, two thousand four. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's that's what it was. And so the fans are there. The people are there. It's just there's some fans that are gonna they're gonna pony up and they're gonna pay to get their season tickets every year, no matter what. And they're gonna have that hope, right? like Major League with those Indians fans, right? Like, they're going to have the hope. They're going to be up there and the nose bleeds with the drums being loud and the beers and all that crap. Um, and then there's people that need to be convinced. Like, I'm not going to spend my money, especially nowadays, right, with the way that every everything's priced.
3: Yeah, well, the and food it's inflation down the and everything, is ridiculous, right? yeah. So,
0: That's So, true. I mean, you really need, these people need to be convinced that they're spending their money on a product that they want to go see. And two weeks in... I feel like, I feel like they've sold themselves to to where there should be a, there should be enough people in the Syracuse community to fill up that dome because I feel like they've proven they've sold themselves. as salesmen, they've proven themselves that this is a product worth coming and seeing. and Purdue, I mean that was the one game I, that we talked about in the, in the first five games that we definitely thought you know wasn't going to be a win. And now you're talking about we opened up as a two-point underdog and it's already got to one point. So you're talking about a pick'em game in Vegas right now?
3: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a possibility of going into the bye week at uh, five and zero. I mean, say it doesn't so five and zero, but we'll see. Uh, I don't want to get over my skis on that. We'll no, see. you
0: can't. This right. is the game, though. This is the game. It if is. You're one of those yeah. cynical guys, and you're like, oh, I'm going to spend my money when I when I want to or when it's worth it. This is a game that's worth it because this is a game that can seriously, seriously turn. This whole this whole ship of what people thought this was,
3: yeah. Um, let's see, Robert really impressed. Defense is swarming the ball. Schrader is incredible. I'm very excited. Uh, Joe P on Facebook, exactly what we needed. Glad we didn't overlook them and get surprised with a close game or loss. Good play calling. Good defense. Keep it up and let's go three and zero next week. Um, yeah, the play calling's been actually really good in the actually the coaching and the time clock management is not an issue at all you see i think last year we blamed a lot of that on on dino babers and he's gonna hold it on his shoulders because he's the head coach right but we don't know what the hell was going on the dude revamped the whole freaking coaching staff right so yeah um you know there was a lot of like questionable things that were done with timeouts and clock management last year they were just like just we would sit here dumbfounded like why the hell would you do that and we just don't know what's going on. It's totally different this year. I mean, it's just yeah. – it's crazy,
0: right? Well, and like we we always talked about it last year too. We talked about how when it comes to a passing game, it's more than just the quarterback. There's a lot of things. There's the receivers. There's the, the offensive line. There's yeah, the coaches. There's man. all that stuff, right? So – um, and we saw them kind of fix all of that. So, you know, we had the, the Schrader haters out there um, last year. And, you know, now everyone's just, oh, Schrader, Schrader, which is great. I want everyone, I want him to be on the court, on the back of the quarterback. I want them to, to like, obviously the quarterback and not be calling for his head. But like, there's people that thought Carlos Del Rio Wilson was going to come in. There's people yeah. that didn't take his job. There was people that thought that Valari had a chance. Yeah, right Valari now, was the one I heard the most. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, like, there was a lot of people that didn't really, I mean, we talked about it. His passing wasn't great last year, but the running and every. I mean, we didn't, I thought that he did fine coming in. I thought it was better than a better product than what DeVito put on the field. And now here we are. All the things around him changed, got better, gave him better coaches around him. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, Schrader, oh, Schrader. He might have had this the whole time. And it was everything else that got fixed. And like, we're never going to know. But all I know is I'm glad it happened.
3: Yeah, and speaking of DeVito, give credit where credit's due. I mean, they handled UVA, and I just think that um, I mean, what no. is it? Is, is, UVA they they suck like they suck monkeypox ass. I don't know what they, I don't know. What they're not just not that good. Uh, no,
0: no. If there was a, if there was an ACC game or a team this year that stinks, that, not this year, but this past week they had a bad game. You know, it was Virginia Tech the week before. Then Virginia Tech comes back and beats boston college who they didn't look good but yeah virginia losing to illinois it wouldn't it wasn't a good look because devito didn't play great
3: no he didn't he had, play great he did enough though to, to i mean it was it was commanding i mean it was what was it 27 to t- 7 or 24 to 7 24 to
0: 7 7? um yeah virginia though fumbled the, the guy the guy the kid the punt returner he tried to catch to return it inside the t- hit their own 10 and he made a guy miss, and the next guy came in, knocked the ball out, went into the end zone. So they had a special teams touchdown, and their defense held Brennan Armstrong to seven points, which isn't isn't easy. I mean, DeVito was – I mean, he did okay. I mean, he threw a touchdown. He had 192 yards. But, I mean, he also had an interception and a fumble. So he's got a good team around him. Um, you know, like you said, kudos to him. They beat Virginia. Uh,
3: the running back I mean the running game Illinois is keeping that thing afloat.
0: they got a good running back and then they also have like I said their their defense and special teams came up huge this week against Virginia so
3: Kyle on Facebook got a time for a couple more and then we're (laughs) dipping out of here it's been a while since the Cuse looked like a complete team disciplined minimalized penalties solid open field tackling and Trader balling out hard to name what they have an issue with going to be a good season Joe I mean what do they have an issue with what if one thing, taking away the penalties, because they kind of, kind of showed me that that was, that was a one-off, at least, yeah. for, at least for now, right? Mm-hmm. So besides that first game with Louisville on the offensive end with the false pre-snap penalties, okay. what do you think they need to improve on? Oh. like You had to pick one thing. You'd be like, man, you, you, if you get a little better here, this is money
0: god <laughs> it's tough right uh, i mean it is it is tough it really is because i haven't really seen i mean there was drops and there was penalties right um i think there were some guys i mean there were some angles really that 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 screen bothered me that screen that they had for a touchdown bothered me. and i know that sometimes you know when you're up a bunch you know sometimes you're not as laser focused and you might you know make a mistake or something like that but I really wanted to see Justin Barron make that play and um it just I don't know why he fell for the juke in the inside because if he goes back to the inside he's just going back to his whole defense. Right. Um so I really really wanted to see him. I I know that there's going to be run plays that you, you break off a run play here or there. Maybe there's a hold that's missed, whatever. That's going to happen. But I mean that that play kind of i mean and again if if it bothered me it probably bothered the defense coordinator and it's gonna get fixed right um that can't happen um but god i would say probably just the defensive line man and i'm not saying that they're even doing bad because they were getting i mean they had all line like to see see
3: more pressure though though.
0: i would like to see more pressure um as far as passing goes um purdue passes the ball a lot and um yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna pass the ball. So, and I'm not worried about, you know, I can't go off of because Purdue beat Indiana State this past week. I'm not gonna go off of that.
3: No, um, fifty six to nothing or something like that.
0: Yeah, it was fifty six nothing. And the old boy didn't play. Uh, Aiden Aiden O'Connell, who's their their big quarterback there. He's good good quarterback.
3: He's a, a Schrader size quarterback. He's a big kid.
0: Schrader size quarterback just doesn't run like Schrader. Um, but I mean, when they played against Penn State week one. He threw thirty for sixty. They threw it sixty times, and then had there was what 20, 20 carries. So um, this is a pass heavy team, and I I have all the confidence in the world in our defensive backs. But if if a quarterback is allowed a certain amount of time, it doesn't really matter how good your quarter, your corners are. They can't they can't guard people for five six seconds. So if it would be anything, then I would probably say that that's the one thing that I want to see because obviously you know and i was going to bring up injuries too because you did say that you said like you know one thing that it's not something you can work on it's just injuries could hurt us you know there's because i know that he alluded to you know we have no issues right now you know and he has confidence in all units of the team but you know an injury can hurt that and it's i'm not too sure whether or not stefan thompson's injury still hasn't came back to haunt us yet and um that's really just what I'm afraid of because there are certain positions that we can't lose people, and I'm not saying that Stephon Thompson is one of them. But again, I'm not so sure that because he was a he was a good pass rusher, man, off of that linebacking squad, and and playing against Purdue, they're going to come out and they're going to sling the ball, man. They're going to spread it out, and we got to be ready for that. And if we could get some pressure without having to blitz all the time from that defensive line, that yeah. would be great. Yeah.
3: Um, okay, finishing up here. Jake on Facebook, making open field tackles like I haven't seen in years. Uh, a couple people alluded to that, so it's getting noticed. Uh, David on Facebook, Hughes is back and a force to be reckoned with. So um, that'll pretty much wrap up fan feedback. But, um,
0: you know... Garrett, Garrett uh, Williams keeps playing the way he's playing. He's going to be a first-round pick.
3: Yeah, well, that's the other thing. You know, it sucks to... Um, it sucks when you know you know hey look you know after this year there's going to be a situation where we're going to be we're going to be missing some guys, right? And having to backfill positions and
0: But so, that could have been so this year.
3: It could have been this year absolutely Garrett with McHale the running back, or with the linebackers and stuff coming back and things like that and and Bergeron, I mean, obviously he probably didn't have to come back. I mean, but uh, you know it's always, it's, it's always there, though. So it's something that we deal with every year, but it just feels like, in basketball and football, and, but, but this year it just feels like, man, this is, this is the team. Like If we're going to make some noise and we're going to do anything big or as big as we can do it, this is going to be the year that they need to do it, and that's just that's how I feel. I'm sure a bunch of other fans feel the same way. It's just making the most out of what you got when you got it because next year could be a totally different scenario.
0: Yeah, you got to because I mean, realistically, we know right now that there's at least four players that are gonna going to be gone to the NFL next year, right? Yeah, that we're not going to get back that still have eligibility that have to be replaced. But the one good thing that I think, and especially in some of the positions, is is that these guys are they're they're leading by example. They're getting these kids to come up and you know, I mean, like I don't know if you saw the the one play number twenty four, the corner there, uh, Jeremiah Wilson. He had a a great tackle anyway. Open field tackle as a corner, and um, he's I mean he's a true freshman, and he came in and Garrett Williams was his his sponsor or whatever you know the person that takes you for the visit right, and this kid wanted to go do do drills on the field and go work out on his visit on his college visit yeah like these type of guys and we always alluded to babers and him going after you know the captains of teams and those leaders. certain types leaders and certain types of players and that stuff is starting to you know and this this alludes to even what we talked about about not having a coaching just carousel of just going through coaches and allowing him to create a culture that where you get guys there that are there long enough then there becomes a culture where everybody you bring in they just just take place of the next guy when it comes to the leadership and the hard work and, and just you know the way that they just go about college and football and all that stuff and you can see it cycling because Garrett Williams was the young guy right when they had Malafonu and Trill Williams in Cisco right yeah he was the he was the he freshman was noticed, that was though. like yeah but he he was noticed but he was the young guy that was taken up from them right and he learned from Cisco and those guys and how to work and leadership and how to be a leader. And now here we are. And then here comes Deuce Chestnut. And then here comes Jeremiah Wilson. Like, you can see that it's freaking contagious when it works. And...
3: That's what the recruiting is all about. Yeah.
0: You know? So, that's why, I I mean, I I, I hate it. I hate that we're going to lose Tucker and Mikel Jones and Garrett Will, Williams and, and Bergeron. And who knows? Maybe somebody else if they have an outstanding, you know, year. year. But you know, I'm confident that we got guys behind us. And I see the the youth movement. I see the young guys that are coming in and they're playing and they're, and they're holding their own. So all in all, so far, two games, um, I couldn't – I'm way more impressed than I ever thought I could have been after two games. Let's just put it that way, um, coming into this game or to this season. It's just been unexpected and it's got me going. It's got me pumped. And I know that if it's got me where I'm at right now and you where you're at right now and some of these other fans, then I know that these – these, I don't want to say fair weather, but the guys, you know, the fans that need to be talked into a little bit more, I know that they're thinking the same thing because now for two and people are talking about us.
3: Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, it, Matt, if you're still there, you want to get on Matt in the green room, by the way, you know, you guys, all right, one second, Matt, thank you. Um, look, go to the damn green room or go to the, your app store, download this freaking Spotify live. Okay, get in there, sign up, follow us at Militia. That's how you can get in there. I want to thank Michael, Matt, and David, who've been in there for all the fan feedback. And when we do our preview show, our picks and your picks will be in there, and you can give us those live. It's just super easy to use, and um, I have it hooked up right today. So Matt, what's up, man? How you doing?
1: Oh, not bad. How are you guys doing? Great. great. We're doing great. Awesome. Awesome. So, Joe got into Purdue a little bit, and I just wanted to throw out there, Aiden O'Connell last year was a 72% completion percentage as a passer. Uh, Guy's a hell of a player. He really is. Um, Quite turnover prone, though, and we got some defensive backs that can turn him over. So. I mean, you look at that, you look at how much they lost on their defense, uh, both to graduation and to the draft. And their best defensive player, I believe, is out for a couple of weeks. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to stop us. And I think we're going to have a hard time stopping Aiden O'Connell. But I think we can turn him over. And Purdue's also the worst run. It's not close. Like They do not run the ball. So... We're going Aiden O'Connell versus uh, how many – we have three All-Americans, freshman All-Americans in the defensive backfield because Jihad Carter was a freshman All-American at Rivals. Uh, Deuce was a freshman All-American in, I believe, it was uh, Football Writers of America 24-7. Um, he had like four of them. I'm forgetting all of them. And Gary yeah. Williams was also a – uh, freshman All American, um, our other freshman All American got hurt, but I mean, you look at guys that can just turn the ball over. Uh, we got them, so and we just got to trick Aiden O'Connell into throwing to some tight windows and pick them off.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I think, I think that, Yeah, I think this defense could do it. I just like Joe said, um, you know, if there was one thing he would fix and I agree, would be getting more pressure on a quarterback, just not letting someone sit back there comfortably and go through their progressions and be able to um, make a decision. And, just, and uh, like Joe said, I didn't know this, but um, Aiden O'Connell, not exactly a mobile guy. So um, And he's big, and when you, when you have a big guy that's not mobile, I mean, those guys just usually, you know, fall. You just got to get there, though. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what the offensive line is like, but that would be where I think we need to focus. And I guess you know you got to imagine uh, they'll be scheming for that. And I'm not too worried about the offense, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried. So, um, but we'll talk more about that.
0: Yeah. No, anyway. no, it's a Big Ten defense, and when you look at Purdue. Um, I mean, this is going to be a different game because you're talking about, first off, we've had both of our first games, they were late games. We played at night, right? And second off, we played two major—I mean, yeah, Malik, he, threw, he throws a better ball than Zion Turner from UConn. But for the most part, the two teams we played were predominantly run-heavy um, teams, right? So uh, I know we got good D-backs, and I know that we got guys that are going to be able to make big plays, but— Purdue's a spread it out and sling it kind of team and if we don't have to worry about the run, then it's just the pass so it's just a different type of team that we haven't seen this year and we play at noon so um I just hope that the dome is packed it's loud and you know people drink their coffee and get in there so they can start drinking their beers a little early get loud and um I hope that they just fill that place up because I do think as to what Matt alluded to like if we turn him over I mean they're gonna have some big plays but If we can still run our offense the way we do and just kill the time, be efficient and put points on the board, then these guys are going to be forced to make more and more passes and more and more big plays. And like he said, he's prone to trying to fit them in small windows and and throwing interceptions. So um, if we get up on him and uh, he needs
3: to be rattled, dude,
0: he needs to be. Yes, he needs to be rattled. Exactly. But again, we haven't seen this type of quarterback in this type of offense yet this year.
3: Well, I trust these coaches more than I ever have as far as preparedness goes.
0: That's a true statement.
3: And um, I got to imagine they're going to have a plan for it. And with the defense, to Matt's point, um, you know, all the confidence in the world of them being able to just transform into what they need to be depending on who they're playing. They're like chameleons. So, um, Matt, thank you. Matt, a uh, long-time listener and – um Big time on the social medias. Appreciate you, Matt.
1: Yes sir. yes, sir. And if you guys want to uh, come to the game, I got tickets for you.
3: There you go. Damn. Now, he, now he's making. You know, now, he, now he's putting
0: pressure, you know pressure on us. I was us. just talking last night. I you
3: said like, it on the last show, dude. You said you said I would I, I may make the trip up to Purdue.
0: Yeah, and then we won last night, and I uh, had a Do couple it. couple <laughs> drinks, and I was telling my girl like, "Hey, we don't got the kids next weekend. We can just go up."
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's still Matt,
0: still a game time decision right now.
3: Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Well, Matt, we appreciate it. And uh if, if Joe gets with me early, I'll get with you and uh if those tickets are still available, I'll work it out. All right. Appreciate it. Um Thanks, Matt. Uh everybody in the green room, we really, really, really thank all of you. It makes the show getting getting people on the show constantly is huge for us and um it's always designed to be a show for fans by fans and um it's finally starting to really work <laughs> no it took it took a long freaking time but it's finally starting to to work and um you know no, but
0: that's why we did that right this is why we did this like absolutely you, you live in virginia beach i lived in north carolina and we're like dude we just we have nobody to talk syracuse sports like i couldn't talk Syracuse, you know, it's like I'm trying to talk about, you know, the 2018 season and people are like, yeah, didn't Donovan McNabb play there? Like, Dude, you know, I'm, I just I'm lucky can't. to
3: get anybody talking about NCAA sports at all. That's right. my problem. You know, a couple so, of guys. At so, work. I
0: mean, we literally started this so that we could get our fix of talking Syracuse sports. And I know that been initially with you, it was just basketball. I got you kind of back into the, brought you back from the dark side. and We started talking football, but. That's what we want, and like this green room and Spotify, all that stuff. Like we want to talk to fans. We want to like when I met Michael, you know. When we went to Wake Forest, great time, good guy. Yeah, um, it's questionable. Stop, stop it. He's diehard man. I know. He's, I love like, Michael. I, come on. I know. He's I calling into the green room while he's he, giving. He did his go to Duke, Kids baths. He I mean, did come on, that's he did dedication. Did.
3: He's dedicated. He was in the green room today.
0: So, even though he called me uh, you know scumbag last, I'll, I'll let that slide.
3: Yeah, but I'm just of saying, of s-
0: that's why we did this. So, like, when people call in, Matt, Mike, we talk to you guys. Like, that's what we, we want to talk. I get sick of talking to Sean, yeah. I want to talk to other me people. Me too. I'm sure he gets sick of talking to me. So that's what we did it for. And, and like, it's much appreciated, all you guys.
3: Yeah, appreciate the, the everything on the socials and getting in there and all that. And the fan feedback's huge. And I, I know the people who listen because, you know, you, you don't hear from them much um, directly in DM or email. But they, they're giving you buy-seller holds. And um, that's like, okay, well, he must listen. And he's doing it right. Damn it. Yes. Freaking a It only took five years to get this thing to get this thing nailed down (laughs) to where you guys understand what it means. And that's awesome. But look, it was five years. Well worth it to to get that going. And now everybody uh, is kind of doing it. We get slung by seller holds randomly all the time. I love that stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, the show was designed for us to just be like sitting at a bar. That's why we drink beer while we do it. You know, no yeah. matter what time of the day it is, it's true we would drink beer. That's true. So I don't know if Take it's a good thing times. or a bad thing. i only
0: met a couple times where
3: I'm not sure if I never did. I,
0: the, I, think that I know that the, the after did.
3: the one you did not was after the Clemson win. <laughs> That's the one you did not.
0: <laughs> Bro, that night was nuts. That was nuts. Yeah, and yeah, I couldn't even think about a, a beer that next morning, but. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's just—it's that's what it is. It's—we it's, go through these games, preview, post game, and you know, there's there's emotion there. It's just diehard fans. You know, we're not in Syracuse, we can't go to the games, we can't be a part of it. So this is kind of like this is our thing. You know, I mean, and when you get the Dungey years and you get these, you know, when Buddy Beheim and those, that team and he, they made a little Sweet Sixteen runs, to, you know, I mean, that's. That's why we do this. So we can experience these type of seasons. And hopefully this is another special one. So then, you know, we can all experience it together and f- makes it feel like you're really not. I mean, even though we know we don't live in Syracuse no more, you know, makes it feel like you're, you're more of a part of it. Yeah. I'm probably and I am enjoy the yeah. heck out of
3: it. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So with that said, it's time to sign off on a show that I thought was going to be easily an hour. Here we are, an hour and 15 minutes later, but that's fine. look, Really, again, I'll beat a dead horse. I'm fine. We appreciate all of you for joining in and hanging out. Uh, please continue to do so. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out
0: of here. Peace.